The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. And now, here's Brandon. Welcome back to Old Space Show. I'm Brandon, and this is my companion, Rachel. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This series of Old Space Show follows the story-by-story time-traveling adventures of the sixth Doctor and Perry Brown during season 22 of Doctor Who colin baker's first year in the role today we'll be discussing the story comprising of episodes three and four vengeance on varos the doctor and perry find themselves in a stalled tardis deep in space after perry locates the tardis manual the doctor realizes they need the rare zyton 7 ore to realign the power systems in the transition elements there is only one planet from which to get Zyton 7, Varos, a former prison planet now one controlled by a grim and violent political system which promotes torture and executions as part of public television while struggling to care for its population. Its governor is at odds with Sil, a mentor representing the Galatron Mining Corporation, trying to skew Zyton 7 for ridiculous prices. Little does the governor know his chief officer is in league with Sil to make sure it happens. Perry and the Doctor disrupt an execution and wind up entangled in the harsh reality and scandal and illusions of the planet. After successfully staging a revolution and a second source of Zyton 7 being found, Sil is forced to take any price, and the governor has a change of heart, freeing his planet and beginning a new political system. The Doctor and Perry return to the TARDIS with their Zyton 7 and bid farewell to Varro. And this is directed by Ron Jones, who would go on to direct Mind Warp, but previously has directed Frontios, Arc of Infinity, which had Colin Baker in it, Time Flight, and Black Orchid. So he's a bit of a veteran here in the 80s Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. And it's written by Philip Martin, who would go on to write Mind Warp for the next season, and also had written the scrapped season 23 episode Mission to Magnus which also had Sill. That was Sill's original second appearance. Mm-hmm. It stars Colin Baker and Nicola Bryant with guest stars Nabil Shaban, Martin Jarvis, Jason Connery, Stephen Yardley, who was in Genesis of the Daleks, and Geraldine Alexander, who has a kind of illustrious British TV career. This is early in her career, but she would star in EastEnders and Coronation Street. She did both. And uh, the Midsummer Murders, which has like ninety-two seasons and lots yeah. of mysteries solved. It's still like it's, you know we think Law and Order's been around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Supernatural, fifteen seasons. What? Lazy. A child's play. Lazy. Yeah. So, Vengeance of Varos. Going into this recording, because tastes can change, ideas can change. This is my favorite Colin Baker story. It's also Nicole O'Brien's favorite story as well. But I, I really like, I took to this one like immediately, regardless of whether what you think of like Colin or whatever. I just think this is a 
terrific sci-fi story. Even you pull Doctor and Perry out of it, there's interesting stuff going on regardless. And that's how I like, sometimes I like Doctor Who is when he just, he gets plopped into some other sci-fi movie going on and intermingles. I think that's yeah. kind of fun to do with that. But this is a very grim story for Doctor Who. This is like Hunger Games before the Hunger Games. Right. I mean, it's it's... This is this is this is social media cancel culture, <laughs> right? And <laughs> before and social media was a thing, <laughs> it's it's got deeply rooted in social commentary politics. Like it is ahead of its time. Well, I mean, it's probably current then, but still feels ahead of its time. Like there's a, there's it a feels mo- current now. Yeah, uh, there's a movie I liked from 2000 called Series Seven. It's got Brooke Smith in it, and oh gosh, uh, what's her name? She had a. Uh, she was really young at it, but it's about a reality show where they put seven people together in a small town and they have to kill each other till there's one left, and the winner gets to go on to the next season of the show. No. And it's very much that same kind of play on audiences pining like tribalism, wanting blood, sacrifice, going back to the like ancient Romans with the Colosseum and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. This is very much in that realm and. This one really takes a hard look at it, and government corruption never changing, always settling. Because uh, the governor, he, they have this ore on this planet, mm-hmm. and it's the only place you can get it. And there's this sill creature who him and his people are poaching him for cheapness. But the governor, like every once in a while, has to go for a vote from the people about what to do or something, and. If they vote a certain way, he has to take this torture that will eventually kill him. It's like a cell uh-huh. degeneration thing. Yeah, it's just crazy to watch all this. Yeah. I mean, Attack of the Cybermen <laughs> had blood on the hands. This is the one where it's like, okay, you want a Dalt Locker who maybe not at 520. Maybe if you <laughs> move it late, because it was on at like 520 in the afternoon. Yeah, or, I mean, because you know, you've, you've got people literally being chained up and being shot on burned with lasers yeah Yeah. burned with lasers on essentially live tv right on this planet because that's all the people the people that live on varos Mm -hmm. their entire existence is eat sleep watch government sanctioned directed broadcast which really is just broadcast well, sometimes they don't even get to eat or yeah they have to ration yeah yeah and then they have these you know these machines attached to mm-hmm. their tv where they can vote yay or nay right and depending on what the vote is about you can yeah and you have to vote Right, and you can't vote on someone else's behalf that's a that's against the law too mm-hmm. and you have to vote and they know if you don't, it, they'll come get you. They'll yeah, come get they you. Know, yeah, because, yeah, I mean, where else are you going to be? Unless unless there happens, I guess if there happens to be a vote and you're in the mines working, unless yeah. they have some way for people to make them vote while they're in the middle of mining Zyton right. ore. <laughs> right, so, true. We never see the mines, so it's we It's a nine-to-five planet. Yeah. They vote, they vote at eight. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. No matter what. And it, we see, we have these two characters that never interact with any of the the main story they're just our viewpoint of there are greek choruses essentially what they are yeah yeah exactly where they just sit back and we see like what the perspective of a regular civilian there is and it's 
very haunting and like this dark they actually get the lighting pretty good here with the dark tunnels and such mm-hmm. that doctor takes half didn't him and perry don't show up till halfway through the first well that they show up but they're on the tardis chatting it up because the tardis is stalled and it takes yeah. them half the episode to get involved in the story and, and then it, they keep getting separated once they get on Barros. Right, th- through all the little tunnels. And the uh, the golf cart thing that is uh, <clears throat> not as fast as people running. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, there is a Heaven pretty- forbid they have to turn around and it becomes that awesome power scene. Oh, yes. <laughs> Trying to make a three-point turn and yes. this 300-point turn. <laughs> oh, yeah, because there was one time where, like, Colin was running away. And someone goes to chase him, but stops to get on the little slow thing. I was like, "Oh man, you had him, you had yeah. him!" But you could have just reached out and grabbed the suspenders and just called it a day. <laughs> right? Yeah. This one, this one, he like since they don't show up right away. There's a lot of them on the TARDIS, and I really like their conversations going on here too. They really, they're really trying to develop this relationship with him mm-hmm. and Perry uh, in ways that I. I feel their small talk means something rather than before where this is just we're introducing now we're on an adventure. It, you like cuz she's talking about how he's gone crazy with trying to fix things and they've stalled and she talks about him burning her dinner. Yeah. And they have some nice comedic timing they they seem to be developing. Yeah. Here on Veros as well. And we get the TARDIS manual so it's, tar- yep. it's before the doctor throws it into a supernova. Right. <laughs> Right. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so, <laughs> but even then, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, what are you going to do with the target? But I mean, it's one of the few times where it's like, you know, we see the, do- especially in New Who, mm-hmm. where we see the doctor just fiddling with the TARDIS. Right. Or seemingly no reason he's he's like a guy you know who's like restoring an old car but never Mm -hmm. actually does it he just spends hours in the garage just tightening lug nuts and rewiring things that don't need to be rewired just to have something to do yeah well apparently like they said like hartnell had it like all mentally down how it worked like he made up how it worked and what did what yeah and he actually when you see him doing stuff it's actually making sense (laughs) in, in some sort of reality to him yeah TARDIS is just like any other form of transportation. It requires right. maintenance at the very least. Mm-hmm. At least a little bit of maintenance. And but... jo- Jody works on the underbody. With that, that yeah. Does. That drove people nuts, too, and I was surprised. I'm like, really? Like, Let's have fun, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Throw you into a supernova. <laughs> you can go collect the uh, TARDIS manual. Yes. And this Which place... has nothing written on any of the pages. Right. If you get a good look at it. The Donald, it's the Donald, Donald Trump health care plan. That's <laughs> what it is. Yep. <laughs> we have it sitting there. Uh, oh, but uh, yeah, they, they enter the story by saving Jason Connery, son of Sean. Mm-hmm. Takes after his father in the uh, chest. Uh, yeah. Ab. Yeah, he doesn't area. wear a shirt in this. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's like a whole little backstory going on, like how he was again. He had a friend that's now one of the bad guys, or in the one of the troops, or whatever, and he helps his wife to get him. Yeah, there's a rebellion going Mm -hmm. on. There's a small undercurrent of Varosians that are like, yeah, we we we're not going to do this anymore. We don't like this, and right. Supposedly the um. 
the the surface is uninhabitable um mm. yet uh people higher-ups are able to go up there and can be transported to other buildings i guess mm-hmm. that he got a glimpse of once and it was like oh there we are we if we get out of this area we could potentially get to another area and then maybe get transport off this godforsaken planet right <laughs> or someplace where we might actually get three square meals a day because this is i mean because the the zyton or zyton 7 is a very important uh, like mineral and actually has a lot of applications mm-hmm. which makes it very valuable but the people on Veros don't know that because they've only been dealing with Sill right and the one company and Sill and his his others of his kind the mentors as we finally learn what they are when he re- returns in a later story all they care about is just making profit so they're right. gonna they're keep they're essentially keeping the people on veros ignorant to just how valuable zyton 7 is and that they could be making you know enough money to actually support the people on mm-hmm. this planet <laughs> and everything's distracted by all the violence and torture and well that's where they made their just, money yeah. Yeah, because they're not making a living, essentially a living wage. Right, they're not making fifteen dollars an hour selling Zyton Seven, so they're having to subsidize their income by selling recordings right. of these these tortures and Hunger Games, essentially. Hobo you know? Fight Seven on yeah. VHS. Here you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, so. and so there's some weird stuff on this planet too. They have like the Cell Mutator. Yeah, which, yeah, which, like there's a whole other like <laughs> other <laughs> like subplot of this kind of mad scientist guy. Right. Uh what Quillum? Well, yeah, he's got like a deformity on his face and he wears like a yeah, mask. Yeah, cuz he experimented on himself first, but yeah, you know, for the people it, it's just another form of torture/punishment mm-hmm. for anybody that decides to try to fight back against the subservience that is living on on Varus. It's like you can be tortured, you can be chained to a wall and shot with lasers. They can send you through these crazy tunnels that have optical illusions and can make you hallucinate and stuff and just drive you mad Mm -hmm. or sometimes drive you to think that you're dying. Or we can genetically mutate you and (laughs) turn you into a giant bird. Right, yes. And it's it's weird there's a parallel here between this and Mind Warp. Yeah, same writer, Sills back, but the yeah. ex- experimenting on Perry. Like that's the the kind of yeah. the theme like is she in that one it's a brain transplant, but uh, it's still like her laying on a table chained up having some sort of experiment done yeah. on her. Kind of an odd little yeah. parallel. Yeah, poor poor Nicola ended up having an allergic reaction to the uh, yeah. the feathers. <laughs> <laughs> they had to glue under her skin, right? <laughs> so uh, she was uh, she was uncomfortable for a little while. Yes, they also have those uh, illusions in the caves as well, like yeah. a giant fly and one of our cliffhangers where they make the doctor believe he's in a desert and he cannot. It's like, is this Colin's favorite cliffhanger I saw somewhere? I don't remember. I know it's one of my favorites because the doctor yeah. takes his coat off. Yeah, 
because he thinks that he's so hot you know he's, <laughs> he thinks he's in the desert so he's like sweating and so he takes he takes the the crazy crazy coat off and mm-hmm. we actually get to see that and underneath and we get to see colin's rear end in those pinstripe pants <laughs> the man had a nice butt <laughs> at he's, the a, time. he's in good shape in this season he yeah. really is and then try the time lord apparently they didn't let him exercise and then when he comes back for dimensions in time he's back in good shape again it's like wait yeah he's got a little less hair but he's he's in good shape. I think the extra pounds in between that and the 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 trial and time lore, because that's when they had the eighteen month eighteen mm-hmm. month hiatus. Is the eighteen month break ended up being kind of a good thing for him because his first daughter was born. Oh, that's right, yeah. Right before that, so it ended up being paternity leave for him. So I can just kind of equate the the pounds, yeah. you know, the the excess weight he put on just because a new real parent thing. with I'll a small that. child. And you just eat whatever you can, whenever you can. And you have no <laughs> so energy to do anything. You, uh, I'll tell you that. Yeah, you have no energy to do other things. <laughs> I, and I'm not a parent myself, but so I've heard. I will confirm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so unless you're Those wealthy, are just parent then, pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Child what Colin child put on. So. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that yeah, cliffhanger is really, and they have the Nicole Bryant with the glass of water doing that and then they try to hang him with the, the false hanging and the cleverness yeah. of the doctors like you weren't the cameras weren't on so. yeah yeah what's what's nice and, and, and something that was brought up in the commentary commentary track on the dvd mm-hmm. is because some people complained like with the whole hanging the fake hanging mm-hmm. and people are like well it looks so fake and it's like you know in real life we know it looks kind of bad because again shoestring budget but if you think about Ver uh, in the story on veros yes it's going to look fake because that's what it is it is a set yeah it was a set yeah that's true. so that's perfect yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's it's kind of meta in a way right <laughs> so the story's ahead of its time it is some it might is. say it's a cult classic <laughs> not one of my favorites ah. but Still, let's talk about Still because we haven't talked about the notable thing. This is Colin's iconic to him only villain. Yeah. Really. And he made an impression because they brought him back, but he is basically like a a nightmare version of a seahorse. I don't. The mentor. He's just supposed to be some sort of aquatic reptilian right. thing. He's got that sewage green water tank that he rides on. Yeah. Top of. So, Philip Martin is credited with the creation of Sill. Mm hmm. And he supposedly conceived of Sill in reaction to a quote he had read by Isaac Asimov, who apparently Asimov made an observation that aquatic creatures rarely are featured in science fiction, film, and television, Hmm. which I guess Godzilla doesn't count. (laughs) So, yeah, so Philip Martin was like, oh, uh, an aquatic creature of course they couldn't put silt actually in the water right that would have been too difficult so they put him on this tank that it, you know he's like early cassandra you know moisturize me yes and nabil uh, shaban that plays sill was so gross it's, <laughs> he's an awful good sport so right. i will give him that as for as much as i hate sill i have nothing against nabil for what he had to go through because essentially the the sill costume was like the head 
piece cowl mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And then the body. And it was yeah. just two pieces. And they just had to like lube him up with Vaseline and then slide him in <laughs> and then put the cowl on. And they can never quite get the cowl actually to sit where it needed to be the entire time. So as you watch, it slowly slides down over mm-hmm. his eyes because <laughs> it would not stay in place. Well, without but, him, I don't think they'd have brought him back because I think a lot of it comes out of Nabil's performance and that voice. Yeah. You just can't, which, you, you won't forget still. <laughs> yeah. He supposedly made that up because he had, he was visiting a friend who owned like a ball python or something hmm. and just randomly thought to himself, what would it sound like if a snake could laugh? And that's what he came up with. But yeah, yeah. Sill's laugh more than anything makes my stomach churn. <laughs> yeah. and, like, <laughs> so. and they're like, you like one mentor? How way did they go out of mind warp? You get two. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. And they've never, yeah. I mean, I'm the new who's never brought him back. Like, no, he's in big finish though. Yeah, he is in big finish. And there was a, a direct a serial made direct to video uh la- was it last year the still in the devil sees of ardor this in the I last couple of years yeah. i haven't watched it yet but i think he made it with the intention of it trying to look like a genuine 1980s production yeah. um i have not watched it i was going to and i just yeah i haven't like, either just me, but... cause, like i said i still makes me want to hurl so <laughs> <laughs> fair enough fair enough but you know that's a testament to his performance and mm-hmm. evil capitalist, right? Greedy evil dude. Mm-hmm. It, it's it, he gets the he gets the point across. Like this is a guy that is bad news. Definitely, definitely, and yeah, yeah like I said, you won't forget him. And he's definitely he's only, he's Collins only. Like yeah, Sylvester never got. You'd think he'd maybe been uh, shown up there, but it did yeah. not happen. So. All right. Well, it is time to return the TARDIS to set our coordinates for our next adventure. Rachel, whereabouts in time and space can people find you? Well, you can find me with the Five-ish Fangirls podcast. We are a weekly fandom entertainment pop culture podcast where we talk books, movies, video games, all things geeky and nerdy from the female perspective. We can be found pretty much uh, wherever you can find podcasts, plus at the fiveishfangirls.com where you can connect with us on social media and all sorts of other places on the interwebs. Um, And then every other week you can find me on Gold Standard, the Oscars podcast where we are watching and reviewing every Academy Award winner for Best Picture in chronological order. We are currently smack dab in the middle of the 1940s, getting into the post-World War II era, and I hope sometime soon, color. (laughs) You're getting close. You're getting really close. Other than Gone with the Wind, everything has been in black and white. (laughs) I'm ready for some color. (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, but you can find gold standard uh, again anywhere you can find podcasts and on facebook just look for gold standard the oscars podcasts all right hashtag sill memes for rachel <laughs> uh, and i'm on twitter and instagram at brandon 4 kuhd written work at ysoblue.com there is more for the brandon peter show this week but from old space i am the companion whether you like it or not Thank you for listening. 
The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.